It is Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here with you. We will be taking some phone calls this hour as well. If you'd like to say something to our guest, Joe Hauser, please find me at ConnieWillis.com and join my shows, paid memberships, and a great community, Blue Rock Talk. You will become a Blue Rocker, and we go on creepy hotspots, live investigations of Bigfoot hauntings, and um, also strange lights. And we've seen all of those things. Oh, my goodness. The last one was Larry the Light Man. So also when you join the show, you get to go into the Blue Rock Vault and see all the things of where we've been and who we've talked to and and what we've learned. But you're going to have friends for a lifetime. There's no doubt about that. Blue Rockers. Become a Blue Rocker yourself at uh, ConnieWillis.com. You can sign up for Blue Rock Talk. In fact, i got a creepy hot spot coming up. Um, and, uh, actually a whole bunch of them coming up. I'm excited. I'm excited. So be a part of it. ConnieWillis.com. So right now we're talking with Joe Hauser and he is, uh, got the Montana Vortex. You can find out more at the Montana Vortex.com. He's also, of course, on Facebook. He's on Twitter. He's got a blog spot. I don't know how, 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 uh, you recently have updated that or not, but I know you got a book coming out called Keeper of the Vortex. And it's interesting because, those of us that have been out there researching boots on the ground, really just feeling it out, seeing it for ourselves. It's really great. The camaraderie to that itself and listening to other people that have seen as much or, or know as much or know more, or just the, the behaviors across the United States and the other countries where these have seen and been seen and where uh, other people have encounters. It's just amazing that there's different stories and different encounters However, there's similar behaviors, and it's always interesting to talk. Now, I'm excited, Joe, to hear when we took a break, you were talking about this is exactly, I just love to hear this from you because it just confirms with me as well that, ah, good good idea. You you know that the cameras are going to stop these things from coming into the camp or wherever the cameras are pointed. However, it's also like, you know what, there's other things going on that doesn't care that the cameras are on and I want to get those things. And so I I know in the past that I've been like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them this is where it is. All the rest of the area, that's not where, though I don't need to tell them, (laughs) they already know, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, they already know what you think. They already know what you're going to do before you do. Yeah, and it's interesting that you know that. Yeah, they they know your intentions. They're extremely intelligent beings, and uh, they've they've proven to that many, many times. I mean, when I first got here, I'd established a way of talking to them by answering yes and no questions, and I'd go down to a certain area, and I'd ask them a question, and I'd say, well, you know, I'd really like a response. At first, I would say, do you like what we're doing here, how we've cleaned up the grounds and everything that's going, and if you like it, give me a sign. Uh, move this tree branch over here or leave a rock on the trail. Well, the next day I went down the next morning, and there was a rock on the trail. And uh, it's like, okay, uh, the rock obviously had been taken out of the ground over here because there was a big hole where it came out of and put on the trail. And I said, you know, I kind of like, well, I'm new to doing this with you guys. Uh, do you think you could leave me another rock just so I'll have some verification? So I went back up to the gift shop. I went out the front door, and there's two rocks we have sitting on the right and left side of the front glass doors that we use to prop the doors open in the spring and summer, let a little fresh air in the gift shop. Well, those rocks are always in the same spot, and they were there like 
10 minutes before when I went down into the vortex area, I came back out, went out the front door of the gift shop, and one rock was moved like 20 foot down the sidewalk. It's like, okay, that was pretty instant. So I went inside. (laughs) I asked my wife if she'd been out there, and she said no. And so I went, and it's kind of like I said, well, give me another sign just so I know for sure. Well, I went back out, and the rock had been moved 20, 25 foot out in the parking lot. (laughs) <laughs> so they and you love it. obviously there's no tracks you couldn't see them or whatever but because that's they they have abilities that far exceed ours and and one mm-hmm. of them is the ability to cloak uh, there could be yeah. one in the room right now with me or one there at, at your studio and we wouldn't <laughs> even know it unless they gave us some sort of sign or whatever but oh, he's scratching my back right now. It's really nice. It's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thank good. you. <laughs> um, I agree, and, though. And also, the, our Blackfeet, though, elders, uh, they believe um, they have the ability to heal you and that they are protectors. And the, and the Blackfoot tribe, uh, I used to have a friend. He passed away now, but he was one of the spiritual elders of the Blackfoot Nation. Gordon comes at night. And he used to come here, and he he knew all the ancient songs, and he would perform ceremonies here. But also, he and I would go down there together. And he said, "There's three three ancient songs we sing to the to the Bigfoot people, Sasquatch people, and uh, we thank them and, and ask them for healings and protection." So that's a that's a whole other side of their being too. Yeah. You know, we were talking I, about the cameras, though. We, yes. We the over the years, we've done lots of different experiments here, and one of the things we like to do is create a tipping point or an event horizon uh, in science. Um, if you, most of your listeners have probably looked at Skin or heard Skinwalker Ranch, and Dr. Travis Taylor, he always says, "Well, we're going to poke the bear." Well, we've been poking the bear for 20 years here, and it's we do something to create a reaction or give us a reaction back. And I put the word out that I wanted to raise the energy of the vortex. And a young uh, scientist from Puerto Rico contacted me, and he said, I'm really into Tesla, and I have this Tesla thing that is like a torsion field. And he goes, I'm sure we could raise the energy of the vortex. Um, I said, okay, well, you're in Puerto Rico. I'm here. He goes, well, good news. I'm coming out there to visit family. So he showed up in November after we were closed. And we set this machine up, and it was pretty cool. Uh, he had got all he has he had all of Tesla's patents from the patent office, and he was gradually making the 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 Tesla's inventions. But this was a cool one. Nice. We set it up in the gift shop, and we cranked it up. And sure enough, I, I had measured the energy field before he got here, and it was like around 800 milliamps of electromagnetic energy. As soon as we cranked it up, we went up to 13 to 15,000 milliamps. And uh, I went outside, measured the field again. Sure enough, anywhere I went on the ground, the energy had raised there. So I came back in. I said, well, let's crank it up. Let's get it as high as you can. So we got it up around 20,000 milligauss, and some five-cent resistor burned out on it or whatever. And he goes, well, I got more in the hotel. I didn't, I've never burned one out before. I said, well, that's okay. I, I, we've done what I want to do. Go fix it. Come back tomorrow, and we're going to set this machine in the center of the big vortex, and we're going to get it up as high as we can. Credit, credit. What I wanted to do was open a portal and uh, by putting energy into the system. 
And so uh, he brought it back the next day. We cranked it up, and we got it up in the 41,000 milligauss range. Well, if you've ever had an MRI, an MRI is like 52,000 to 54,000 milligauss of electromagnetic energy. So everything was just really cooking. And we ran it for about 25 minutes, and another resistor burned out. But we had accomplished what I wanted to do, raise the energy. So he left, went on his way. And I told Tammy, my wife, I said, we got to put a camera in the house of mystery because we suspected there was a portal in there. And she goes, oh, you're going to tick off the Bigfoot. You can't do that. And I go, yeah, I know, but we got to have a camera. They know what we're doing here. And I had a cheap Harbor Freight camera. And the reason I got it, because it was wireless. I didn't have to run any wires or anything. And so I said, I'm going to take the camera down there, and I'm going to put it in there, but I'm not going to turn it on or anything, and I'll just talk to them, tell them what I'm going to do. So sure enough, I took the camera, 25-foot orange extension cord, and I plugged in the extension cord. I tied the camera and the extension cord together, and I set the camera up on a shelf inside the House of Mystery. And I said, look, guys, you know what we're doing here. You know the experiments that Tammy and I do. And I go, we really need to put a cam- we need- really need to put a camera in here. We know you come in and play in the House of Mystery. Ever since I've been here at nighttime, uh, many nights they go down there, and they run around the house. They have a good time. As soon as we go out there, they're gone. So at any rate, I said, we know you come in here. We know you like the energy in here. So if you don't want to be videoed, you don't want your picture taken, don't come in. And the camera is going to be here for like 10 days, but we're not trying to trick you. So anyway, I left the camera there. I went back down the next morning, and the camera was gone. And First of all, I asked him for a sign. Leave me a rock or something. And Well, there was no sign. So the next morning I go down, the camera's gone. And the only reason I knew where the camera was at because they had tossed it out the back window of the House of Mystery, and it hit the end of the cord of the orange extension cord, and it was laying down on the trail about 25 foot below the house. Oh, so I went down man. There and I got the camera. <laughs> I guess that was a good sign. No, we don't want a camera in here. So That's I went down exactly and got right. The camera, and it kind, of, it kind of ticked me off. I said, hey, look, this isn't right. We always res- we've always respected you. We've never tried to trick you or anything else. You know the experiments we do here. We really need to put a camera inside the house of mystery. And, and you really, you know, you really made me mad that you, you, you threw my camera out like that. I'm going to put the camera in there. And if you don't want to come in, uh, don't come in. So I was coming back up to the towards our house. We live on the property, and Tammy was coming down. She goes, what happened? Did you turn the camera on or whatever? And I go, no, I told her what happened. And she goes, oh, you can't talk to them like that. You're going to, you know, you're going to take them off. She goes, let me go down and talk to them. The women's touch. So she went down. <laughs> she was in the house for about 15 minutes, 10 minutes, came back up. And as she's walking up the trail, she goes, well, what do you think? Do you think we should turn the camera on? And it just hit me. It just, like, came in my head. It's time for them to show the world what they really are. And I told her that. I said, do you think it's time for them to show the world what they really are? And she goes, yeah. And I go, well, let's go down and talk to them. So we did. And we told them, um, camera's going on tonight. If you don't want to be video, don't come in. But if you do, show the world what you really are. Well, about a week later, uh, there was this great big white orb inside the House of Mystery, and um, I had taken the SD card out of the little monitor, and I, when I came in the house, the infrared alarm was going off. I came back. There's this big white orb in there. There was a great big blue circle. It looked like an opening or a portal, 
And I got my phone out because I knew there was no SD card in there. I started to film it, and I dropped the camera. Well, I watched the orb fly over in the corner of the House of Mystery. I picked up the camera, started filming again, and I had uh, this great big puffy thing come in. And it floated around. It had arms. It had legs. And it kind of floated up into the ceiling. And then went over to the right-hand side of the camera and disappeared. Well, there was also a ton of light or energy coming in from the other side of the house of mystery, and it's pitch black outside. We're in the dark of the moon, so there shouldn't be any light at all. And this round circle is still in there. And after about a minute, here comes a Bigfoot walking across right in front of the camera. It's got the sagittal crest. It's got the slope to back and neck. Its neck is sitting right on its shoulders, and it's in a physical presence now. It walks across the house of mystery when it gets over to where I where the orb had gone to. Uh, then it kind of floated up into this spiritual light being, floated around, and just kind of disappeared. And then another one came in doing the same thing. Well, that night, Tammy and I ended up getting 18 videos of them in the house of mystery. Oh, my. Wow. So what we have is something, and I've... I've I want to see it. <laughs> They travel in the form of an orb. They manifest mm -hmm. in this dimension into mm -hmm. uh, like a light being. Um, and then they come in and have a, a physical presence. That's why we see sometimes only one or two tracks out in the woods and they disappear. They just pop into this dimension for a short period of time. And um, so anyway, that night, 18 videos, um, I've showed uh, some of those, a couple of those videos at conferences. I just showed one at a conference, uh, our conference here, the MontanaCon Mystery Conference. But that's what they appear to be. And even if Dude, it's yeah. what we suspect <laughs> it is, just by the way it looks, um, there's something here that comes in as an orb, uh, manifests in a physical presence, and then can turn into this light being and disappear. Now, there's different size orbs. Usually the people that I talk to that have seen the orbs around the Bigfoot, they're usually like a, um, a soccer ball size. There's other orbs with different sizes. Is, was, was, were the or what size were your orbs? Uh, this big orb here was probably about two and a half foot in diameter and really bright oh, white. Okay. Wow. Um, but we get orbs here that are three, four foot in diameter. That picture yeah. I sent you, and I, I still can't find it on your site, but uh, this, the picture I've sent you with um, Tom Powell, my wife Tammy, and Tom's wife Cecilia, uh, standing in the center of the big vortex, and they were doing a meditation out there, and Tammy kind of has the ability to call in these big red orbs, and uh, she did. they all did a meditation, and they that one picture I showed you, they were all surrounded by these great yep, big it's red orbs. It's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see them. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if the orbs did actually, the size of orbs, if they matched a certain entity, because, you know, a lot of people would say in areas where it's totally Sasquatch, they're like, okay, they're all soccer ball size. And I know that there's other sizes of orbs, and I just wondered if they correlate it with an entity. We got lots of people that want to call in. Let me grab one of the calls here. West of the Rockies, Howard out of Vancouver, Washington. Hey there, Howard, you're on the air. Uh, I've got a question for uh, Joe. Sure. Uh, many years ago, I visited the uh, Oregon Vortex with some friends of mine. We were teenagers then. And uh, we decided to stop in there and paid the admission. 
and the, uh, they had a guide that took us out to an area uh, just out in the woods there. It, uh, it was a bare area in the woods, maybe about 100 feet in diameter. And first thing I noticed was all, all of the uh, small fir trees that were right around the perimeter were all bent right towards the center of that, that uh, circle. And the guide told us uh, to uh, have one guy stand out in the middle of the circle, right in the middle of the uh, that area, and another guy stand out on the perimeter. And if you stood off and looked, the guy in the center looked like he was about a foot shorter than the guy out on the perimeter. Then he had him switch places. Now the guy that uh, had been taller was now the short one. He was about a foot shorter than the other guy. That was an optical illusion I've never forgotten. I can't, you know, I just wondered if you had anything uh, uh, like that uh, uh, out there where you're at. Well, yes, and, and thanks for the, the question. Um, <clears throat> we do have that. That's one of the things we do here. We shrink and grow people. And, and there's about 10 places on the property where the shrink and grow phenomenon exists. And anywhere you go in the world, if there's a vortex, uh, you find lines of energy, and you cross those energy fields, you'll find that shrink and grow phenomenon. Um, mainstream scientists, uh, physicists, it blows them away. Um, it's, a, it's measurable. Uh, you can actually um, measure on one side or the other. It's a measurable difference. He said it's an optical illusion. Um, if it is, it's the world's greatest optical illusion. Uh, even at Stone Inch, which is uh, an electromagnetic anomaly too, there's lines of energy there, and you can shrink and grow there too. And most sacred sites in the world are energy fields. That's why people built on them. Uh, and, and that phenomenon does exist in many other places in the world too. Interesting stuff. Just interesting stuff. Wow. And the picture of the, uh, I, I got I to gotta see what happened. I got to see what you got. Now I am just so like ecstatic to to see what you caught on camera. What When you saw the Bigfoot come up, it was the typical Patty? That was the Patterson-Gimlin one? It was the Patty look? It, it, it Actually, it, it had a different shaped head. It had the sagittal crust. Uh, its head sat right on its shoulders, and uh, mm. that, that sloped the back and neck. If you go from the top of their head down to the shoulders, it's almost a, a straight line. So anybody I've showed the pictures to right away, they go, wow, that's a Bigfoot. I mean, there's no question in their mind. There you go. There's all the different shapes and sizes and behaviors for sure. MontanaVortex.com is where you can learn more. Joe Hauser, he's got the Keeper of the Vortex book coming out soon, January 2024. Stay with us. Connie Willis here on Coast to Coast AM. It is Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here. Please find my work at ConnieWillis.com and join me for Connie After Dark. Have a drink with me. Live virtual bar. Yep, you can do that on all the proceeds. End up going to Blue Rock Talk where we investigate live streaming, boots on the ground, out there searching for the haunted. Well, yeah, we go to the haunted areas. We go to the um, where there's strange lights, where there's uh Bigfoot sightings, it's it's real research, and we compare across the board of all the different phenomenons. It's not 101 at all. It's the real deal, and we are batting a 1,000, baby, with activity. So ConnieWillis.com is where you can go and sign up for Blue Rock Talk, Connie After Dark, or check out Connie Willis, the podcast, and more, Connie Willis. 
Joel, Joe Hauser with us, first-time guest, last segment, Time Flies When You're Here. In October, he co-produced the Montana Con Mystery Conference. His first book titled Keeper of the Vortex going to be published in January of 2024. All this time, his first book. Congratulations to you, Joe. I want to go back to asking a question, um, and if I can say it a little bit better, again, there's there's a lot of different orb sizes and colors and i'm just i've just been curious if the size did correlate with the different entities so that when you saw one size you'd go hey there's a bigfoot over there you saw another size oh that's something else have you ever thought of that or has that ever come to mind with you yeah i've thought about that um and and i would say the orb inside the house of mystery that we saw core probably correlated with the size of the bigfoot um, and we've had bigger white orbs in there too. And I'm assuming if that was a Bigfoot, it was a bigger Bigfoot, but there's many types of orbs out there. Um, yeah, yeah. You probably, yeah, I mean, some of them could be spirit, soul, energy. Some of them have human faces in them. Some of them have animal faces in them. And we found here some of them are, are some of them just kind of float through the ether and stuff, but some of them have intelligence. And we've had orbs fly in before, go around people's heads, avoid a tree, go in one door of the house of mystery, come out the other door. And mm-hmm. it's like almost like a, like a drone uh, that could be controlled from somewhere else, or they have some sort of intelligence that they're checking out the area themselves. And these are what we call UAPs, too. I mean, they're not very big, anywhere from a softball size up to a soccer ball size, but people are seeing them with their naked eye. It's so cool when you see the different ones, and some of them uh, all travel with other ones, and some of them are just by themselves. It's just so fun. I just I I enjoy just being out in the forest and and watching these things, or even parks. They don't have to. You don't have to always go so far to see some of these things. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Wildcard line number two, Jeff out of Billings, Montana. Hey there, Jeff. You're on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I haven't been up in uh, your corner of Montana for quite a while. Um, I'm going to have to get up there to check it out. Um, but anyway, uh, from other um, Bigfoot um, people, uh, I've heard that uh, Bigfoot, they're kind of into gift-giving sometimes. And I wondered if when those runes appear along the trail out of nowhere, I wondered if you've left an apple for, for them. And um, when you've been sweeping off the concrete and on the behind you, the rock appears out of nowhere. Wonder it'd be interesting if you started just picking it up and putting them in your pocket and just giving an audible thank you and hanging on to it. I wonder if, what would happen with the rocks after you've kept them. I, I, I just heard about the gift giving type of thing with them. Like somehow it's significant to them. Uh, yeah, thanks for your question, um, and I hope you do make it up here, Jeff. Uh, we do thank them. Whenever they do something, we always thank them and show gratitude uh, for the messages they give us uh, when they leave rocks or anything else. Uh, for me, they leave rocks and feathers, um, and um, sometimes I'll go down and ask them a question, and I'll come back, and there'll be a feather uh, right on the path that I took, and I know the feather wasn't there uh, when I went the other way. Uh, for a number of years, I did habituation stuff where I left food out and different things like that. But uh, I stopped doing that. But the one thing we do do is we do thank them and show gratitude for them being here. 
Yeah, you know, it's tough when you put food out there because something else could eat it too. Uh, but, right. you know, I always love to, I always like to take balls because I think that's very universal, like dribble with it, throw, pass around, bounce it, throw it up, and then and make sure it's like neonish or it has some color uh, or light or something to it. Uh, because I always think if they do take it and they like it, you could actually literally see them maybe possibly, you know, throwing it to each other, bouncing it back around. Because that would be really freaky if you saw it. So uh, uh, that's kind of my thing of doing that when I remember to do something like that. Going back to the phones here, let's go to wildcard line number one and talk to Bill out of Los Angeles. Hey there, Bill. You're on the air. Uh, hi, Joe and Connie. Uh, I'm a former corporate newspaper journalist. And uh, I, I recorded a, a program, Connie, that you did on February 27, 2021, with a guy named uh, Mike who goes by Sasquatch Ontario. And he Mike played Patterson. some really, uh, yeah, he played some really provocative uh, audio of, of what he claimed was, was a Bigfoot interacting with him. And uh, some really strange, you know, uh, provocative sounds. Like it reminded me of a combination of a flute and a bassoon, you know, just uh, oscillating between the, these high and, and, and low pitches. And uh, he, he was doing this apparently to discourage some uh, some wacky proposal by a I think it was a New Mexico politician for a, a Bigfoot hunt or some crazy thing, and it made quite an impression on me. So a couple months ago, I asked Ron Moorhead, and I think there was a guy with him named Randy, a self-described linguist, to comment on Mike's um, yeah. audio. And Ron gave a really measured, you know, balanced response, saying. Well, I've I've heard it, and I think he should have it professionally authenticated to resolve any controversy. But the other guy, the the self-described linguist, just out and out called it a fraud, and and apparently there's some feud going on between Mike and that guy. And uh, Joe, you sound you sound like the exact guy to kind of put some shed some light on that controversy. Well, without hearing it, uh, it's it's hard to say. But you know, there's. There's many people that record things. We have some strange recordings here that I can't, nobody can identify what they are. It's almost like a popping sound, like something coming out of a tree and and the sucking and popping sound as it comes out. And whether it's Bigfoot related or not, we don't know. So, um, but yeah, I, I think anytime, like Ron Moorhead, uh, Ron had all of his sounds analyzed and forensic studies done. Um, and I think that's the best way to go. If, if you have sounds that you think could be Bigfoot related or something else, uh, get them tested. Uh, send them to a lab and get them tested. And that was Ron's buddy, Scott. Um, well, I was did, thinking you did, said Randy, but I was thinking it was Scott Nelson. Probably. Yeah, it's Scott. Yeah, it was Scott. It's got totally, yeah, Scott totally. Was just here at the Vortex about a month ago, too. And I showed yeah. him all the pictures of the glyphs. And he's far more knowledgeable about runes and stuff like that. And he said, oh, a whole bunch of these are runes. I can match them up into runes. And he knew all the names and everything else. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the voice and stuff, that is just something, you know, we're we're learning. We're, we're catching on tape more and more. We're, um, you know, when you hear them and you don't have it on tape and you describe it, it's it's a it's very hard to describe because it's so different. Then when you get it on tape, and you play it to people, it's always just going to be a horrible thing. And you know, with with the reactions. But yeah, Scott was not uh, in favor of it at all. Uh, Ron thought differently, and that's what happened. Yes, when uh, 
when uh, they were on with George Norrie recently. And uh, me, I I love Mike Patterson. I love his work, and uh, I think it's I think it's authentic just from what I've heard out in the woods myself. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be a fight. It's always going to be that way. But it, I think it's terrible when people do just tear down somebody's work 20 some odd years or more uh, by saying some stuff like that. I think you, yeah, we got to be careful. You know, those of us that are in this, it, we got to be careful. We got to help each other, support each other. And, you know, sometimes you just got to shut up, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> It's because that's tough. You know, I, I really do believe you've heard Mike Patterson's Neff talking, right? Or no? Yeah, I, I have. I, I, I'm not into his stuff totally, but I have heard him before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, like, like his stuff, like his stuff. But you know what? Different people take their, their, their teachings, their findings, their studies, their research in different areas of life. There's some people that study the Sasquatch. We'll stick with the Sasquatch. Uh, there's some people that study that and they only want to talk about the religious part of it. Uh, there's other right. people that, right. And then, then there's some people like, uh, <laughs> uh Patterson Mike Mike will take it to uh he he talks about conspiracy stuff with him. Uh you know, it just depends on who you are and what's important in your life where you go asking them different things and it's just it's just the way it is. I agree totally. I've um we talked to him here just like we're talking to you right now. I mean, I'll give you an example. When I first got here years ago, there was one that would come up and slap the back of the house, 12 foot up high on the house. And sometimes he'd slap it and walk away and go, oh, and he usually did it about two or three o'clock in the morning. Well, I put a game camera out there and the slapping stopped. So I took the game camera out and sure enough, the, they would slap the house again. And this has gone on for years. And sometimes he'd bring a little one with him. I'm assuming it was a male and it was big. Um, and he'd slap the house and the little one would, would slap the house down low. Well, when Tammy moved in about 12 years ago, we got married and she stayed here. She she has a hard time going to sleep. And when she gets to sleep, uh, she gets woken up by just the littlest noise. And she was aware of him slapping the house. She'd been here before, and she put up with it for about a month and a half, two months. And one night he slapped the house really hard, and she just raised up in bed, and she goes, Stop slapping the house. It scares me. I know you want to let us know you're here. From now on, knock nicely. And the next day, uh, the next night, there was five knocks. We'll put up on the house. (laughs) I know about these knocks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they, the knocks follow us everywhere we go. We go down I to the desert in our on our fifth wheel, and and there'll be knocks twelve, thirteen foot up on the fifth wheel on the side of the fifth wheel. So it's like hitchhikers. They they seem to follow us wherever we go. And it's so cool. And and there's some that will get on the roofs of homes. There's some like we get a lot of handprints. You know. Those are great because you, footprints are very hard to get. It depends on the terrain, even though they could make it if they wanted to. You know, they leave behind what they also know, uh, you know, you're going to see. They know that you're going to see it. They know that you're going to know it's for them. It's just that it's it's amazing how advanced that they are. We've only got a well, few minutes left. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They test us. They, they want yeah, to see they how observant you are, and they do little things like leaving the rock on the platform or sticking a feather over here. They're constantly testing us to see how observant we are. And playing and having a good time. They love us. Right. They they are, they yeah. love us, and we love them for sure. Uh, with just a few minutes left, I know that um, uh, I want to ask you about two people. I think so. So Steve Bachman, 
I said, hey, Connie, I was with him at one point, you, Joe, and he said mm-hmm. something happened around us. Ask him about that. Uh, well, uh, Steve and I and his um, his significant other, Patty, were in the house of mystery, and I didn't have a camera with me. I had my phone with me, and Tammy came down there. It was dark outside, and he and I think this is what he's talking about. Tammy said, oh, you, are you not taking any pictures? Give me your camera. I'll take some pictures. So she took a picture of Steve, and he has this giant white orb over his head, which is probably like three and a half foot in diameter. And uh, then she took a couple more pictures around, and on the side um, by the door of the House of Mystery, you can see this, uh, well, it appears to be a Bigfoot just standing there, and auburn in color, and you can make it out fairly clearly. And that's one of the things that happened when Steve was here, but there was other ones too. That sounds probably what he's talking about with the Zanu always being around him after he had opened up a portal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did and he I, ever work I, with you on that? I, no, he never did. I've tried to get him to come here and bring his machine, and he he hasn't done it. That's why come on, Steve. I <laughs> help. But at any rate, yeah, I, I have talked to Steve and interviewed him, and I believe his story totally. Absolutely. So do I. Now we have Tom Powell coming up. He's one of your buddies. Yep, I've known Tom for years. Uh, he and uh, Cecilia were just here after the, they spoke. He spoke at the conference, and they stayed a couple days with us. Uh, hung out here at the Vortex, and I think he had a really good time too. And yeah, Tom's going to be a, a great guest. We talked about some of the stuff that he's going to talk about tonight. It's going to be really yeah. interesting. He's like, "You're stealing my thunder. Shut up, you guys. Shut up." So, any last <laughs> words before you go? Anything else you want to say before you, before you take off? I'd just like to invite everyone to the Vortex. Uh, we're, we're probably the strongest measurable energy field in the country, um, the most paranormal place in the United States uh, any day, any given day. And people come here, and they have a great time. Uh, we show you 18 different demonstrations in the energy field. And then we cut you loose, and we let you go back and play around with everything. And uh, you People come and they say, oh, I've never been here before. I've been driving by for 30 years. What's it about? They go on the tour, and a couple of weeks later, they're coming back with friends or family. So I invite everybody to come, and you'll have a great time. We'll have fun. Have, has Bob Gimlin? want you to come. <laughs> I know. I want to come. I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait, and I will. I promise. I can't wait, and thanks for the invitation. Has Gimlin ever showed up at your place, Bob Gimlin? Now, Bob hasn't been here. I've known Bob for a long time. Uh, he keeps saying he's going to come over, but so far uh, he hasn't been here yet. But a lot of other Bigfooters have been here over the years, and uh, you you know all of them that have been here. Um, and um, <clears throat> Some of them have been on your show, and they've all had the same experiences. Nobody's uh, Nobody's walked away not being a believer. <laughs> well, thanks for the invite, and thanks for showing up. Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Connie. Appreciate you having me on. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. His first time ever. That's great. He's a good guy and good uh, Montana, the Montana Vortex, montanavortex.com. You can go check it out. I got to go. He's been asking for a while. I'm going. I can't wait. I can't wait. I will. That was fun. Okay. So more fun coming. Tom Powell. We're going to be talking about uh, life under our feet. I love it because I agree. Stay with us coast to coast AM.